bringing you all the buzz on sports in the Beehive State. It's the Hive Sports Podcast. Jazz, college football, bees, we got them all. So listen up, because we, 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 we got the buzz. Turn down the buzz! What's up, Utes Nation? We're back. I'm your host, Zach Rieger, and this is going to be a fun one. It was a huge week for the Utes for multiple reasons, which is why I'm very excited to be here on this Swoop Saturday podcast brought to you by the Hive Sports. Last week, I talked about Utes in the NFL, and they performed on Sunday with the first Sunday in NFL for 2020. We didn't know if we would get it. We didn't know how it would be, how the rookies would do, how the Utes would do, and it played out to be amazing. But before we get too much into that, because I'm so excited to start talking about that, remember to follow us on social media at The Hive Sports, and you can follow me on Twitter at ZachRigger18. So let's get into the show. We're ready. Or at least I am. I hope you guys are. So first off... It is happening. Everything is moving in the right direction for Utah. I love talking about the NFL, but I want to talk about some Utes football as well. And more and more likely, it's looking like there's a chance. The Big Ten just happened. The Big Ten just said that they are ready to play. They're going to play. And so that just leaves the Pac-12 now. Well, now there are rumors that the Pac-12 is on a mid to late November start for football. That would be amazing. The reasoning behind this is because of their partnership with Quidel and their rapid test advancement. So things are looking, they're definitely moving in the right direction. We'll say that for sure. And it is a little hard because states on the West Coast are still facing a lot of issues with cases and they also have all the wildfires. So I hope everyone listening out there staying safe so there are definitely a lot more issues which is why they can't start in october like the big 10 but with these new testings and they're being implemented on campus hopefully they it doesn't take too long to really get them acclimated and so they can start testing people a lot quicker not much else is known at this time i know this governor of oh the governor of Oregon and the governor of California are both open to this and the Pac-12 getting back to playing. So definitely step in the right direction. We're not sure exactly how it's all going to play out, if the schedule that they released will be the same as it is now. But either way, I would much rather have this November start as opposed to that spring football, which I never really saw as a true option because – just for a lot of reasons I, I don't understand. I'm pretty sure I talked about that on a previous podcast. So I won't get too much into that this time. But very good news. Awesome. I hope that we can be talking about youth football here soon. But until then, it's all about Swoop Sunday now. We're going to be talking about the Utes, on, in, the Utes in the NFL. We're going to be talking about them. And they're going to be fun to talk about as long as they keep this up which i think they all have the talent too so let's get into it let's talk about the utes that played last sunday 
And, of course, we have to start with Zach Moss. You know, leading rusher in Utah history. He was one of the first guys I talked about last week, previewing his matchup against the Jets. So how did he do? Well, he got a touchdown. Let's go. I took the risk. I started him in fantasy this week. I was having some flex issues with some injuries, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to start Zach Moss, and it paid off for me. He did struggle on the ground a little bit. He only got 11 yards on nine attempts, so that's not really good. That's about a 1.2 average yards per carry, so definitely not what you want. But he caught three balls for 16 yards, and then he caught that touchdown, which in fantasy, that's very nice. But we're not focusing on fantasy in this show. We're talking about real life. But he showed a lot of progress as well. And so he was not the best on the ground, but he has shown that he will get plenty of opportunities this season. Devin Singletary looked better on the ground, but not by a whole lot. And Moss got pretty much all the goal line work and got a lot of the pass catching work as well. So Zach Moss will continue to help uh, the Bills win games because the Bills are a very talented team. And I think the ground yardage will come. So we will keep an eye out for him, especially this next week. He will be playing the Dolphins tomorrow. Actually, I keep saying next week, but it's tomorrow. (laughs) So, you know, my bad. (laughs) But anyways, he's playing the Dolphins, which is another plus matchup. And the Dolphins just surrendered 217 yards on the ground last week against the Patriots. 75 of that was from the quarterback, Cam Newton. But, I mean, it was still 5.2 yards per carry. So, Zach Moss will have another opportunity to score a touchdown. And he should definitely be more fish on the ground. We'll see. You know, week one is always a good indicator. But you can never truly trust it as the season goes along. So, we'll see if Zach Moss continues to get the same kind of opportunities that he got last week. I think he will. But another plus matchup for the Bills. It'll probably be another win for the Bills. So we will see how they do and how Zach Moss does. Because he is not a 1.2 yards per carry average running back. He is much better than that. But it was very good for Utes fans to see him catch the ball, get the goal line work. Josh Allen is going to vulture some of his touches. He just will. But it was good that he was looking at Moss's direction And I'm very, very thrilled for Zach Moss's future in the NFL, as I always have been. It was a great debut. And now the next guy I want to talk about also made his NFL debut last Sunday. Jalen Johnson, cornerback for the Chicago Bears. He started the game, and that was awesome for already a very talented defense for Jalen Johnson to crack the starting lineup in a shortened offseason without rookie minicamp just shows what the Chicago Bears coaching staff thinks of Jalen Johnson. And he played a huge role for the Bears in this win last week against the Lions. He played amazing. You know, I don't want to bring it up, but I'm going to try my best. You know, be impartial, give you guys the news. Yes, sometimes I might favor the Utes a little bit too much, but I'm going to do my part to be as impartial as I can. You know, he kind of went viral for the wrong reason a little bit. Marvin Jones rocked Jalen Johnson's world, you know, just destroyed him. But it was just one play. It was earlier in the game. I can't remember the exact time, but, you know, didn't have a huge impact on the game itself. But you know what? 
Jalen Johnson's first game, you can say welcome to the NFL. But do you know what I see? I see a man that got right back up and played an amazing game. So that says wonders for me. Jalen Johnson, keep your head up. You did amazing. I don't even think your head ever really went down. It's football. Sometimes you get rocked. But I'm not going to focus on that anymore because that was the one kind of bad play, if you want to say. But Jalen Johnson played amazing. According to Pro Football Focus, he played in 47 coverage snaps. And in those snaps, he was targeted six times. In those six targets, he forced two incompletions and allowed zero touchdowns. All very good stats for a rookie debut. But in those stats are not even what really made the difference in this game. And the best stat was on the last play of the game. Right after the DeAndre Swift drop that was just terrible. He just took his eyes off the ball. Lions should have honestly won this game. But I'm okay with it because it set up this Jalen Johnson play. So they were trying to score. As time expired, Matt Stafford threw it in the end zone. And Jalen Johnson got the game-winning pass breakup. Unbelievable for a rookie to protect the lead like that and help the Bears truly win that game because of that play. It was a good ball by Stafford. And for Jalen Johnson, in a very tense moment in his first NFL game, to be able to make that pass breakup, unbelievable. I cannot wait to keep watching this Bears defense and this Bears secondary because they're already an elite secondary, elite defense. And so Jalen Johnson, as a rookie, some people might have thought he was a weak point in that defense as he's the second starting cornerback opposite Kyle Fuller. But it did not matter, and he did not show up as... He did not look like a rookie, to put it like. He just did not look like a rookie. He played amazing. I cannot wait. But let's look forward till tomorrow. So the Bears are playing the Giants. The Giants have allowed quality receivers... They have Sterling Shepard, Golden Tate, Darius Slayton, Evan Ingram. And Daniel Jones likes to throw the ball and likes to throw the ball deep. So Jalen Johnson will be tested again, really, and honestly might be tested even more this game since the Lions did not have Kenny Galladay. But he showed up last week, and I think he will show up again this week. He might His coverage snap numbers will probably go up. But that's okay because I think he will play just fine. I think the Bears are probably going to win this game. The Giants didn't look that bad against the Steelers, but, I mean, it's the Steelers' defense. They're very good. But the Bears' defense is pretty good as well. So I do think the Bears win this game, and I think Jalen Johnson has another great game tomorrow. We'll have to see how he does. So now the next guy I want to talk about is a guy that, you know, he's a quality NFL player, but he's never put up the most stats, you know, never really broken out. But a guy that, like I said, he's been a quality guy. I brought him up last week, and that is Tim Patrick, wide receiver for the Denver Broncos. And he got the start last week. He was out there first snap for the Denver Broncos offense. And with Cortland Sutton missing last week, that's kind of what propelled Tim Patrick to that start. Tim Patrick is going to be on the field this whole season, but he's not going to be starting every game. When it comes to his stats, last week he caught four passes for 29 yards against the Titans. 
not a terrible sl- stat line when you factor in the game. No one's going to be bragging about four for 29, but this game was such a sloppy game. I'm a Titans fan, and this game was just brutal to watch both sides. The Titans, Steven Gaskowski, he missed four kicks. He missed three field goals, one extra point. The Broncos had many drops. Just overall, it was just such a sloppy game, which was kind of surprising because I thought week one as a whole was going to be kind of sloppy. But on Sunday, it really was not that sloppy of a Sunday when it comes to football. With the shortened offseason, I thought it was going to be a lot worse and a lot of teams would be a lot less disciplined. But it all looked pretty good until that second Monday night game. I don't know if it was just really late, but <laughs> I, I don't know what all went there. So hopefully both teams can improve. Um, the Broncos also ran the ball a pretty good amount, which affected his stat line. And even though he, he did play well, he got some good catches, his production will most likely decrease heading into next week slash tomorrow. I don't know why I keep saying next week. <laughs> because they're playing the Steelers, who the Giants just faced. And the Steelers are one of the top defenses in the league. I think they're probably the best. I don't think that's really a hot take for me to say, but I think they're probably the best defense in the league. So they're even better than the Titans secondary, who the Titans have a very good secondary as well. So when you factor in the tougher matchup, that doesn't bode well for Tim Patrick. And then Cortland Sutton has returned to practice, so he will probably play this game. So... Patrick might see even fewer snaps if Sutton is good to go and plays this game. So he'll still have a role. He'll still play because he's third right now behind Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy. Um, Well, he might be fourth now because K.J. Hamler, I think, is coming back as well. But Tim Patrick will get on the field. But I think he'll have a lot of these kind of four for 29 or like three for 20 yards. A lot of these kind of games where he plays a role, but, you know, Drew Locke definitely is not afraid to throw to Tim Patrick, which is good for, you know, the Broncos moving forward. Now, this next guy that I want to talk about is one that I have kind of fangirled a little bit just because I think he is just very talented and I'm a big fan of the Dolphins defense this year, and that is Eric Rowe. Last week, he was responsible for five total tackles, three of them being solo and with two of them being assisted. So it was a pretty good game for the starting strong safety in Miami. Tomorrow, he's going to be facing the run-heavy Bills. So as a strong safety, he'll probably be playing in the box a lot, playing up against the run against Zach Moss, which will be kind of funny. Two former Utes going up against each other. But what's interesting is also the Bills did throw the ball a lot last week against the Jets, even when they had a big lead. So Rowe might also have to play some more in coverage against the Bills rather than just stacking the box and going up against Zach Moss. But the Dolphins defense looked pretty good last week. I know the Patriots offense was not one that everyone was super thrilled and super excited to see and thought it was going to be super high-powered offense. But... The holding them to 21 points was pretty good for the Dolphins' D. They made some big plays, and I think they'll continue to gel. There's a ton of talent on that defense, and I think that's just going to make certain people shine. 
like Eric Rowe. He might not get the most stats, but he's a strong safety, so you don't want him having a ton of tackles, honestly, <laughs> unless he's blitzing or doing something like rushing the box, rushing the line of scrimmage. So he will be good. And then the last guy I want to talk about is Marcus Williams. In his first game of the season, he played amazing. On his stat line, he only totaled one tackle. But what really made this start for him amazing was he picked off Tom Brady. That was awesome. He kind of helped to ruin Tom Brady's first game in Tampa Bay after all the offseason hop. After all the offseason hype that the Bucks were getting, Williams kind of stepped in and caused one of the two interceptions on Tom Brady, and the Saints went on to win that game. And I just keep thinking Williams is going to have an amazing year. Like I've said it before, the Saints are just an amazing team. They have an amazing defense, an awesome secondary, and they're just a very complete team. And so Mark Williams is going to have that big role being a starter there. So, just an awesome week one for Marcus Williams. I loved seeing that interception against Tom Brady. It was fantastic. And so, looking forward till tomorrow, he will be facing the Raiders. He's got Darren Waller in coverage. He will most likely be facing, you know, they kind of face the tight end a decent amount of times as safeties do. But he could also have to help with the speedster Henry Ruggs on deep routes. Which will be a which will not be an easy task because he is extremely fast and looked really good and he looked like he played a pretty big role in the Raiders offense, at least until he got hurt. So Ruggs did get injured, but he came back. He didn't get any catches once he came back. But since he came back and played, he should be good to go against the Saints. And the Raiders do technically have a lot less talent on paper on offense than the Bucks do. And they definitely haven't received the hype, but they're no longer an offense without firepower. Now they have Henry Ruggs now, the speedster. Darren Waller's good. Brian Edwards, the other rookie, he only got, I think, one catch last week, maybe two. But he was very talented in college, and he was a steal in the third round of the draft this year. So the Bucks offense, oh, and of course they have Josh Jacobs coming out of the backfield. So the Raiders offense is actually a lot better. So Marcus Williams will have to come to play. I don't think the Raiders win this game at all. It's their first game at home in Vegas. But the Saints should win this game. But Marcus Williams will get targeted, especially if the Saints do go up big early. The Raiders can't just feed Josh Jacobs like they did last week. They're going to have to throw the ball more. And so Marcus Williams will have to be all over the field as the safety there. So overall, those guys that I just mentioned, just fantastic games. I'm going to keep doing these previews and recaps of how Utes players do. I'm not always going to do the exact same players. These are some of the bigger names, so these guys will probably be mentioned just about every week. But if there's a surprise guy that comes out and does something amazing you know obviously I'm gonna bring them up but that's gonna do it for this episode it was a huge week for the Utes both the former Utes are now in the NFL and just the Pac-12 as well there's a chance that they will be playing it's still aggressive so it's not a guarantee because it's an aggressive take and the most aggressive plan for the Pac-12 
So not a guarantee for them to play, but it will be. It's definitely a step in the right direction. And I am just looking forward to see how these guys that I talked about, the former Utes, I'm excited to see how they play tomorrow. It's going to be exciting. There's a lot of plus matchups for them to get even more stats and more touchdowns and more turnovers. So it's it's a very exciting time to be a Utes fan, even though it's been a rough couple of months. But that'll do it, like I said. So I'll be back next week for more NFL recaps for, and let you know how these guys did and kind of give you my take on how they will do even in week three. So be sure to check that out next Saturday whenever it happens. But for now, have a great rest of your swoop Saturday, and go Utes. TheHiveSports.com has all the buzz on sports in the Beehive State, covering prep, college, pro, and church sports. No way, really? Okay, maybe not that last one. If you want to stay in the know about all things Jazz, Cougars, Aggies, and Utes, then this is the site for you. TheHiveSports.com. We may even feature your high school, so check us out today at TheHiveSports.com. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Check out TheHiveSports.com because we got the buzz.